From JMI Wealth, Andrew Kelleher, good morning. Very good morning, Mike. Right, so we're standing by right. for a mini-budget and uh, Treasury's update. What, are we, what do you think we're going to get? Well, we're going to have this. I, I'm referring to this as a Dickensian drama playing out pretty much on Christmas Eve. Well, okay. on the 20th anyway, which is very close to the Christmas shutdown. And it's not the ghost of Christmas past that's going to be haunting Nicholas Willis, but the Nicola Willis, but the ghost of budgets past. And we can only speculate as to whether this will be the transformative experience that it was for Ebenezer Scrooge and Dickens' A Christmas Carol, or whether what we strongly suspect will be more likely the new Minister of Finance will be looking to bring down fire and brimstone on her predecessor. And all literary analogies aside, Mike, and given that she used these snakes and snails comment, we can be forgiven for all that, can't we? But yesterday the Minister announced that the managed budget will be, uh, will be on the 20th of December. That coincides with the release of Treasury's half-yearly economic update. Uh, I would make the comment, Mike, it's only the 5th of December, so she's now going to have to take two weeks of Juno's trying to pry answers out of her about what's going to be announced then. She will outline a number of specific steps the government will be taking to a more, what they say is a more disciplined approach to spending decisions. So there are two areas of concern from her point of view. Uh, the actual scale of previously disclosed risk. Now, uh, we do have to make the comment here, there was extensive uh, coverage of the risks to the fiscal forecast in the pre-election and fiscal update. There were pages and pages and pages of it. The issue here is not that it wasn't known, but what is the size of those risks? Secondly, as was being widely uh, covered, there are a number of material government policy programs that have been funded on a short-term basis, and we'll get blanket coverage um, of this in the next couple of weeks. My, my concern, Michael, rather one which seems to be there's a lot of focus at the moment on the spending, uh, plenty of focus on where are they going to put the money, but I'm more concerned about how robust are the forecast revenue projections, because if you haven't got the money, you can't spend it. So how it, we do get a, a monthly update today, I think, out of Treasury on how the books are going. How is the revenue tracking against uh, against those forecasts? But to me, it's a very real and uh, and potentially material risk that the revenue is going to fall uh, below where they think it's going to be, and that's going to compound those issues. I'm not sure whether we get an update on the implications for the borrowing program, but that'll be a nice little, a little Christmas, a nice little pre-Christmas present, won't it? Yes, it is. Uh, we'll talk to her after 7:30, by the way. Now, I'm glad Good. you raised this tower. I don't, I don't read this well. I, I, I'm worried about insurance in this country and going coverage and climate change and you know all of those sort of things. What does this mean? Yeah, yeah. So you have to look behind. So yesterday there was a, a Tower announced a strategic review of the ownership structure of, of Tower. Now, the stated purpose of the review is to explore the options, and this is the uh, company speak, uh, explore options and maximise value for all Tower shareholders. Goldman Sachs has been engaged in advisor. So put some context around this. Currently on the shareholder register, you have Bain Capital. Now, Bain is a Boston-based private investment firm, so effectively private equity shareholder. Now, private equity firms uh, generally have a view on the length of time they want to deploy their capital into an investment. So we can only speculate, Mike, on their role in this and whether they are considering their options and looking at the insurance industry in New Zealand and say, you know, do we, you know, where do we, how do we want to be placed on this over the next few years? But if they were considering their options, one option may be to look for a party that may be interested in a whole company transaction. 
because Bain have to be supportive of any whole company transaction because NZX rules come into play here. What I would say, Mike, is another NZX-listed company, Scott Technology, who also have a single large shareholder, they went through this process recently over the course of 2023, and it ended in the status quo, so nothing okay. actually changed. So it's too early to speculate on this, but the share price down one said yesterday, and we'll watch this with interest. I need some numbers. Yeah, uh, the Dow Jones is so the feel good set clause rally is just having a bit of a pause this morning. Uh, the Dow Jones is down 119 points, so about a third of a percent, 36,129. The S&P 500 is down 32 points, 0.71 of a percent, 4562. The Nasdaq getting hit a little bit harder, it's down just over 1%, 147 points, 14,156. Uh, overnight, the FTSE 100 lost uh, 0.22 of a percent, 7,512. The Nikkei lost 0.6 of a percent, 33,231. Shanghai Composite was down 8, 3022. And the Australasian markets had a good day yesterday, though. The A6200 up 51, about three quarters of a percent, 7,124. And the NZX50 up just under half a percent, 7,093. The close there. Kiwi dollar has come back from the 62 cents. It's 0.6168 against the US, 0.9317 against the Aussie, 0.569 at Euro, 0.4883 pounds. Uh, Japanese yen at 90.74. Gold has also retreated from those record highs. It's at uh, $2,026. And Brent crude uh, being, uh, Brent crude is good, $78.42. 78. Bring it 78. Home. I'd love it. Like right, that. Go well, see you tomorrow. Appreciate it. Andrew Keller, jmiwealth.co.nz.